Senior Sunday, the topic is change. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 20, the Bible says, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He, everybody say he. Everybody say he. Come on. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. Oh, I thought politics did that. Maybe I have a trick Bible this morning. I, I don't think I do, though. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He changes times and seasons. And so, Father, would you bless the reading of the word to the hearing of our ear and the receiving of our heart. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Now, I want to say that I get the opportunity to speak a lot. Uh, here and there, share this, that, and the other. All kind of av- uh, 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 venues or events and topics and those type of things. But I, I want you to understand that one of the greatest honors that I feel like I, I personally get to speak to are young people. Why? Because I believe that God has called us to leave legacy. And you can't leave legacy if you haven't invested in anyone. If you haven't on purpose taken time to invite someone into the vision that God has given you. And so for me, I'm unafraid anymore to ask young people why they want to do what they want to do in the future. And why not consider... The kingdom of God in the ministry. Why, why not consider moving into using your gifts, allowing God to share you? I, I'm, I'm, I'm unafraid anymore to ask young people. people I, there were several, several times, several times that I got a little bit of grief back when Breno was in the ninth grade. I went and to a basketball game, and, and Breno is built to play basketball. Look at him. I mean, if I had his height, I would be breaking guys' wrists around the rim, dunking on everybody. He played well. He did good. After the game, greeted him, and I, and I was like, hey, man, I got a question for you. He said, okay. He's a ninth grader. I said, you going to play in the NBA? No. You... You ever going to lead a church? And he said, that's what I want to do more than anything in this world. I said, so what are we doing? I'd like to invite you on a journey with me. And I remember putting together some material. Some material he's been using this week to prepare for the sermon on Sunday. Still has it. And for four years we began a journey through doctrine. Theology, God, ministry, and those type of things. The people gave me a hard time said I was trying to take Breno's childhood away from him. But here's the deal. Is the NBA really going to influence people? Is it going to make a difference in the world? But the kingdom of God does. And so speaking to young people, I think, is important. Making them think about what really matters. We, we live in a society where so many people have reached a middle-aged area in their life and still wonder if their life even matters in this world. 
If you don't believe that, that's why suicide is so high. That's why depression and anxiety, we're struggling with it because does my life really matter? And I want to give young people an opportunity to start now to say, yes, my life matters. And I can make a difference. Daniel was a young man when God began to use him in powerful ways. We, we, we've got some famous Bible characters that we talk about a lot because of a famous story. We know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But do you know who their discipler was? Daniel. He took some young men and inspired them to believe God, uh, to do incredible things. And so it's an honor always to speak to young people. And young people, I want you to understand, listen to me, high school seniors, especially in this room today. I want you to grab a hold of some things that you have to... You spent your lifetime up to this day, in particular the last 13 years, preparing for something. From the time you were in kindergarten until now, young people, you have been preparing for something. And some of that has been a struggle. You, you've done well in some areas and you failed in some areas and you've had to learn and grow and stretch yourself. But I think what you've been preparing for isn't exactly what you think it is. Because here you sit today in this church, some of you in graduation ceremonies and you hear all kinds of speeches, but I don't want you to ever forget this one. You sit here imagining that you've been preparing for graduation. You've been preparing for college. You've been preparing for a career. And I'm excited about all those things. But what if all this time you have been preparing for something else? Change. Because I want you to understand, young people... The old people who are leading society in this world today have ultimately failed. So I want to talk to you about change. Now for all of us, not just the young people, it's the one thing we all have in common no matter how old we are. Where we've been, what we've come from, what, what part of society, what part of, uh, of economic status. It, it doesn't matter uh, where. I, I'm from the south, y'all from the north. Hello, somebody. But we all have this in common. Change. Change is a thing, no matter who you are or where you come from, you have in common with every person on the planet. We are always preparing for change. Now, most of the time in our life, it's the thing we hate the most. Come on, you, I love my routine. Ask my wife, I will get bothered the most when my routine is changed. I like it. I'm comfortable with it. It, it feels good to me. It... Makes my brain work right. Man, I'm just telling you. It, it's one of those things I know like you probably that can stir you the most change. It can bother you the most. It can, it can, it, it can turn your world upside down the fastest. But what if it's not all bad? What if change isn't always bad no matter if you get bothered by it? Consider all the changes that happened in the last 20 years. We can, we can all relate to that. 
Do you know that 22 years ago, Google did not even exist? Do you, do you know that 16 years ago, Facebook did not exist? The good old days. Twitter didn't exist. Who, who knows how to operate it anyway? There's no instructions. It's just like, how does this work? I don't even know. So you know what's changed in, in that amount of that? Cell phones have changed. Think about this. Cell phones have changed. I mean, it's an incredible. We're from this big old brick. Like the military carried around or something. Yeah, we graduated to the phone in the bag. Why? Because you had to have the bag to carry the battery around for that thing, right? Like, it's, it's incredible. Cell phones have changed. The Internet's changed. Oh, my word. Has the Internet changed? Unbelievable. Television has changed. Television is changed. The girl, some of the grandkids will come over to my house sometimes, and, and, and Andy Griffith will be on, and they'll be like, Poppy, what happened to the TV? What do you mean? It's broke. It's only black and white. TV has changed. Come on, y'all. Automobiles have changed. The, the cars talk to you now. Like, I mean, it's like a Knight Rider see, movie. That's reality, right? Like, it's, it's unbelievable. Movie star faces have changed. I saw somebody on the TV the other day. I was like, I don't know. I've never seen that. But my wife's like, oh, that's so-and-so. I was like, it is not. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> my hairline has changed. You know what? Now, instead of CDs, do y'all remember when CDs were the epic thing? You go from tape cassette players. You kids don't even know what a cassette tape is right now. They hand it to you and you'll be like, what, what am I supposed to do with this? You remember that thing you used to eat your thing and you get the pencil out to wind up tape? Yeah. You're always, it will always eat the tape on your favorite song too. Not the one you hated. No, 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 no. And then you'd have to play it and it'd be all wrinkled and stuff and it would right through that thing. Oh. CDs happened and we were delivered. It was permanent. Never the sound was epic. DVDs, right? We went from beta cassettes to VHS to DVDs, right? Like, oh, it's so perfect. iPods. Oh, y'all remember iPods, right? Unbelievable. iPods. Now everything is streaming. Now everything, just skip all that nonsense now. Everything's streaming. You can stream TV, you can stream music, you can stream, anyway, you can, streaming. You know, in the last year and a half, there are some people who have literally given up the assembling of ourselves together for a corporate worship. Why? Because they can stream it. Hello, somebody church has changed mm. politics have changed 
climate's been changing since Noah's flood. I'm just, I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna say that. I'm just, just gonna say since Noah's flood, the climate's been changing, and rightly so. There've been changes all around the world. There've been changes all over. It, 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 even you and I have changed. Young people, you're not the same person you were 10 years ago. You just can't be. We're, none of us are. I'm not the same person I was when I moved to Michigan 18 years ago. June of 2003, we drove into Sturgis, Michigan with a U-Haul truck and enough money to live for one month with a demon-possessed bird who wanted to know for the life of everything what we were doing. What you doing? What you doing? What you doing? What you... I don't know. Some of you young people wasn't even born when I moved to Michigan. I just grab a hold of this. I want you to, I want you to grab your, wrap your mind around this. Parents, you've changed. <laughs> you, you cannot sit here and have any bit of the Holy Ghost inside of you if you have a teenager who has graduated high school and tell me that your life has not changed in the time they became teenagers. You just, a little altar time, stop all that lying. Teenagers will change your life. It's just God saying, mm-hmm, remember? Wouldn't it be nice, though, if there was no change? There was an area in our life, just some place that never changed? Wouldn't it be nice if there was just something we could count on that did not change? What if it, what, what, what if, what if it would just be one thing that I could depend on? Well, let me tell you something. I got some good news for us. No matter how old we are, no matter where we're at, right? We got a God who never changes, right? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His love never fails us and he never changes. In a changing world, in a changing atmosphere, God never changes. He never changes. Young or old, rich or poor, God is the same God. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, he said, I, the Lord, do not change. Leadership changes. People come and go. Clothes change. And you know what? Some of these people now, these kids are wearing 60s bell bottoms now. They would have thrown rocks at me if I'd have went to school like that. I, the Lord, do not change. He hasn't changed since he created us. He hasn't changed since he made a covenant with Abraham. He made a way for us to be in covenant relationship with him. God has not changed. Through Jesus Christ, his son, his love pours out into us in a way that never changes. And I just, you know what? All you young people, you smart people. I mean, after all, you just graduated high school. <laughs> you know everything. I get it. If God never changes, it means his love never changes. Come on, somebody. And also means his view of sin doesn't change. The world might change their view on what's right and wrong. 
the world might work in situation ethics so that they can do whatever they want to, but God doesn't change. And if his unchanging love is in our life, so is his unchanging attitude about the way he views sin. And so my encouragement to you is don't don't buy in to the wishy-washy situation ethics of the world. Let your morals come from an unchanging place that has worked from the beginning of time until the end of time. Something that will lead and guide you to be a light to your path. It will guide your way when nothing else will. It will never lie to you or lead you astray. It's called the Word of God. And when you don't know which way is up and which way is down, my encouragement as your pastor is look to a God who never changes. Look to His Word who never changes. And let your values be built out of that. And as a young person, never apologize for what's right. And never get mixed up in what's wrong. We need this constant in our life. In an ever-changing world, we need this constant. Romans chapter 8 As young people, I hope you know it well. Paul said, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor demons nor angels, neither present nor future or any power, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We need this constant. And I just want to say something to all the young people who are sitting here, whether you've graduated or not. Maybe, maybe you're just still in middle school. You don't know, you're, you're just thinking about what high school looks like, and you're just dreaming to be there, those type of things. Let me say this to us as your pastor to all you young people. As you go through seasons of change, remember, you can always count on God to be the same loving God, the caring Father He's always been, no matter where you go. And this new chapter in your life, watch this, this new chapter in all of your life, it's once again about change. It is. Because you are entering a world that is more dangerous than any other generation previous. I need you to understand that. And that's the reality. More people are oppressed, both physically and spiritually, in bondage and slavery than ever before in all of history. Innocent people, innocent, innocent people murdered by the hundreds and thousands. Injustice dominates the world you are about to enter. And billions of people live in this world in fear. The whole time, let's admit it, moral depravity. has happened to us in such a way that even the family, the, the, the family, the traditional family is being attacked. I, I just read something silly, and, and Breno's preaching next week, but I'm preaching on Father's Day. I just read something silly. There's a, there's a, there's a cancel culture hashtag movement to cancel Father's Day. Because Father, Father's Day is sexist. And Mike Munson said it best this morning in our elders. He said, it's not about Father's Day they're trying to cancel. It's about fathers. Y'all better get ready, man. I don't want to beat you up, man. I'll encourage you. The greatest calling in this world. 
Young people, let me tell you something. Don't let this world, don't let this world scare you and motivate you. Don't do that. Churchill said it this way, and he was a man. Watch this. Churchill said it this way. One ought never to turn one's back on a threatened danger and try to run away from it. If you do that, you'll double the danger. But if you meet it promptly and without flinching, you'll reduce the danger by half. Come on. I want to say to all of you young people, especially you seniors, you're not here today because you received a diploma. This day is not about finally finishing something. Just as God appointed men and women in history at critical times and crucial moments to rise up and stand for what is right, God himself has chosen you. Come on, somebody. God has chosen you, young people. He's established you to be men and women of God, to fight for what's right during a, a crucial time in the history of mankind. I believe that with all my soul. I believe that with all my heart. You've been chosen to be our Lincolns. You've been chosen to be our Churchills. You've been chosen to be our Billy Grahams. You've been chosen to be our Ronald Reagans. You've been chosen to be our James Dobsons. You have been chosen by God to make your mark in this world. And I believe that this moment marks your beginning. It's the beginning of your mission. Acts chapter 17. From one man he made every nation of men that he should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined that at times set for them the exact places where they should live. Please don't overlook that young people because I know, I know I was young once too. And I couldn't wait to leave where I had grown up. Yeah, get out of this place, man. I remember begging Malin. I was like, you don't. You don't have to move out. You could stay. No, I got to get out of here. No, you don't. I just, we'll just put in a separate door. You can come and go out of that side of the house. You don't, you don't have to leave. You know how you young people are. You're tired of it. Tired of this small town, go nowhere, be nothing. Come on. All the glamour that's everywhere else. Let me tell you something, parents. Just get ready. They always come home. God set for them the exact places they should live. I want to say this to you, young people. You listen to me right now. You're not some second-rate kids. I don't believe that with an ounce of anything that I, that I have. You're not some second-rate kids graduating from some second-rate dinky little farm town uh, communities. You're not. You're not second-rate kids from some little towns that's not known in Michigan somewhere. you got to get somewhere that's known. Listen, you are the men and the women that God himself has chosen for this very time. Yes, you are. And I want you to understand, I believe that you grew up exactly where God wanted you to. How else would you know what's right and wrong? How else would you know the values that you have? How else would you even know what the world looks like? Except for the fact that where you were grounded, where you growed up in, what you were taught. 
was put into you from the time you were little. So when you enter a world that doesn't make any sense, you can rely on where you came from to be a compass in your hand to lead you to where you should go. Come on, somebody. God has prepared us adequately through fellowship and friendship and education right where we are. Man, I grew up in Malone, Florida. You got to get lost to find the place. Oftentimes when I try to tell people where we live in Michigan, we live in Centerville. I, nobody knows where Centerville is. I got to say, oh, it's just south. Where's Centerville? I don't know where that's at. Oh, it's just south of Kalamazoo. Oh. Why does Kalamazoo get all the glory? Why does anybody know about Centerville? I'm asking the question. They told us not to build a church in Centerville. Wasn't big enough. Centerville wasn't big enough. Hmm. You were not second-rate kids. You're God's people now. For God's mission now. For God's glory now. For God's vision now. You are where you are because God wanted you to be here. Because he's got some place for you to go from here to there. I want to encourage you that as you leave this place, recognize his plans. They're incomprehensibly larger than you could ever have for yourself. At a time when the people of God were being carried away into captivity, God spoke to them through the prophet and said, No worries. Hang on tight. Keep your hope up. For I know the plans that I have for you, saith the Lord, uh, to give you a hope and a future. You don't like that scripture, Ephesians says to you, young 